Welcome again to It Doesn't Take a Genius, conversation with introspective perspectives and pithy points of view. Here are your hosts, my friends, Max and Marty. I think that's Mark and Mike. Yeah, whatever. Ramsey! Marshall, here we are again. Getting close to our 100th episode, by the way. Getting dangerously close. I know. We're going to have to plan something special. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what that would be, but... Yeah, let's let's check our budget. <laughs> uh, nope, nope, nothing, nothing in the okay, budget well, for that. <laughs> we we, we have had some suggestions. In fact, that is uh, one reason we're talking today because we had uh, someone we've mentioned on this podcast before, our beloved uh, mentor and friend Dolores, and Dolores sent us in. Uh, she's in the car business, as are we, and she sent in um, a text message she received from one of her offspring who knows she's in the car business and have cars. And uh, she found this hysterical that uh, this was the question that she was asked. So I'll, I'll read it word for word. I'm supposed to find an authorized Ford dealer near me for my recall. How do I know if the place is authorized? <laughs> That's the question. That's a great question. So, so <laughs> It's a valid question, isn't it? it and I'm assuming, right? So this this person is is in that millennial age group, right? The twenty to to thirty eight category. Yeah, uh, somewhere in there. And so they either got, you know, Lord help them, they may have got an actual physical letter, right? You know, a mailing, and in the mailing was, yeah, yeah, and or uh, we know this particular, uh, you know, you know, dealers or OEM has an app, and so they they may, you know, you know. They have yep. an app on their phone and on the phone, right? Recall notices come up, things like that. Um, so, so yeah, it'd be interesting to know, okay, how did they get notified, right? Was it the old school way or did, right. are we using the app? Uh, and here's a great example of, you know, the, the manufacturer just making this assumption. Right. Uh, that, yeah, you can spot an authorized versus unauthorized. Doesn't that sound terrifying? Right. We're, we're an unauthorized dealer. <laughs> you know, like, well, and, and, yeah. And I, you know, it's, she, I, I talked to Dolores a little bit about it and, you know, there, there are just a number of unknowns. Uh, if you're, if you're not in the business, um, if, if you haven't had experience with a business, if you're a younger person, I guess probably Gen Z, I bet, I bet some scholars would say there's a Gen Z cutoff where they're actually probably in their early twenties now as well. But Gen Y, Gen Z, either way, you're, um, you're looking at some opportunities for, uh, frankly, um, oh, geez, how, how, would I, how would I say this? Um, uh, I, I mean this in a good way. They don't know and they don't care. You know, mm -hmm. the, the customer, um, one of the things Dolores said was, you know, um, one of her offspring said, you know, too, too big, you know, to go to a dealership, it's too big. There are too many doors. Which door do I walk into? Which door do I drive into? You know, for a garage, um, too long of a wait in uh, getting an update. I don't. I don't know what's going on. I don't know this business. I don't know what they're doing. I just don't know any of the answers to these, you know, questions. Um, and then the flip side is maybe don't care either, right? Like a, you had you had mentioned, you know, uh, there's been a little bit of a change in the pandemic with um, the attractiveness of a car. Um, in general, though, not a huge priority for them. 
It's just not, it's not as exciting as it was for you and I when we were, you know, teenagers. No, I don't think it's exciting enough for them want to, uh, for them to want to learn the system. Yeah. You know, and even the system, right? When you do the system, that sounds very technical, but in this case, the system is which door do I go in? Yeah. Yeah. And if you, if you look at a, a car dealership, sometimes there's multiple doors in the front. There's always doors on both sides. If there's right. There's always some sort of bump out on the building and there's doors there. Then there's multiple garage doors. Yep. And it's like, no, no, I, I go to, you know, if I'm in that age group, I'm going to Taco Bell or Chipotle. There's only one door, <laughs> you know, and the, and the place funnels you, right? It funnels you to where you're supposed to go. Right. You know, that that right. choice architecture kind of thing, even if you yeah. don't know, right there's subtle clues that take you to the right place whereas yeah we know this right we're in dealerships all the time right there's always people wandering around going uh can you tell me where the parts department is yeah, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. they've been wandering around for a while absolutely they don't know yeah oh so, so that is a just something i never thought of you know that that yeah and so uh, they want it simple right they want it to be intuitive Mm-hmm. Just like their 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 phones don't come with big instruction manuals, right. right? Right. Why should I have to study and learn the nuances of getting my car serviced? Yeah, yeah. I I, I don't want to do that. I shouldn't have to do that. And what we know about this generation is they're not interested in doing that. My dad worked with an engineer in the '80s. He was a manufacturing engineer at a plant that Dad worked at. And um, he was an early adopter of Apple, Apple computers, and he refused to use any product that had uh, a manual. He said, he said, I, he said, I would use the product, but if it took the manual to use the product, I'm not, I'm not interested. And he would move on. And at the time, you know, I remember dad talking about that and sort of chuckling. And I thought, what a wild eccentric. That's the market now, everybody says that right like i i'm not gonna learn you you want me to read to to no make make this intuitive i think in architecture they call it wayfinding right the uh having a design so that it's very clear what the path is through a campus or through a building or, or what have you um oh, yeah. so that everything's designed now it's got to be well, working right yeah i mean i've heard a similar thing that said every time you see a sign that means someone made a mistake Oh, that's good. So every sign is an indicator that, that, yeah, it's not, you know, whoever designed this didn't design it in such a way that it was so obvious what its use is for. Right. Right. You know, one of my favorite examples of that is, is when people put a pull handle on a entranceway door and yet they have to put up a sign that says push. Yeah. Yeah. You put a handle on it. What do we do with handles? We grab and pull them, Uh right? If it was a push, right? There should just be a plate. Yep. And then I don't have to put up a sign. So, so I love that. Yeah, we've made it incredibly difficult. And I think it's, if you look at other things in their life, like their, their phones, Mm -hmm. right? These, these newer kids, you know, some say they're, 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 they're tech savvy. They're not tech savvy. They're tech dependent. That's exactly right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. They don't know how to change the SIM card in their phones. They don't know how right. to replace the, the battery in a phone where they allow that. They they can't do any of these things. They just know, yeah, when it works, it's great. When it doesn't, I have no idea what to do. Yeah. 
Well, that's maybe a, a good uh, sort of wrap up point for this side of the discussion. You know, we're, we're thinking about millennials, maybe Gen Z as customers. They, they don't know, they maybe don't care, but man, we'd like their business. We'd like to serve them. So how would you serve them? You know, what are some ways that you could educate your customer, uh, make them feel a part of uh, included in uh, the, the, you know, the family, the, the, the company that you have, whatever your industry, what are some things you can do to bring them along so that uh, it's, it's more intuitive for them on what to do? And hmm, we're willing to do that for customers. I think you know, that, that certainly would be a really interesting leadership team meeting to just uh, think through you know, what could we do to, to help our millennial customers know and care about us. That's a, that's a powerful thing to chew on. Now let's flip it around. I hear there's a labor shortage going on. What? That's what? what I hear. That's what I hear. And wouldn't we like some employees who know and care? Even oh, younger ones. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I, I, I get this all the time, right? I, no matter what the industry is, you're talking to people and the, these young people don't want to work. And I always right. have the same reply. Huh, let's go down to Chick-fil-A, see how they're doing. Right. <laughs> Dang you. Dang you, Mike. <laughs> yes. Okay. That building's full of young people who want to work, but no, they don't exist anywhere else. Yeah. And I mean, since you went there, uh, you and I have experienced some of Chick-fil-A's onboarding materials. Um, they do orient their new hires in a really powerful way. It's frankly, it's pretty selective in how you even get to join the Chick-fil-A team. Uh, but uh, at least over the last 10 years, I think we've seen some of their materials. Uh, don't know what, which ones are still in use, but uh, they're not like um, a list of policies, you know, they're like videos that make you cry. Mm -hmm. There, there are, uh, there are things that they talk about that are frankly, just about why we are here and why we do things the way we do them. And that's the number one complaint I typically get, you know, you, you occasionally get that, you know, grumpy manager who, who says something about, you know, uh, uh, you know, everybody wants a, a trophy or something like that. Uh, all these young people just, you know, want a trophy. But more often what I hear is like they ask so many questions. You know, they got to know everything. They won't just do it. And uh, Chick-fil-A has taken that out of the equation and just said, we'll tell you why you're doing all this right from the start. And we'll celebrate it and recognize it when you do those things. Um, so the, the, the care, uh, you know, the, do they know and do they care? The care actually comes before the no <laughs> for Chick-fil-A. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's an incredible purpose motive. Yeah. Right? Strong values, whether you agree with them or not, if you don't agree with them, you're probably not going to apply. If you do, yep. you hope that that's the place you get to work. Right. And then, uh, and then the purpose mode, right? What are we, what are we here to do? Yeah. And it's bigger than just chicken sandwiches. That's right. That's so right. Uh, yeah, you get into, I was sitting with some, uh, some managers and we were you know, talking about this very topic and they said, well, no one's responding to the ad. So, you know, this is a, uh, almost, you know, Gen X boomer manager age. And I said, well, who wrote the ad? Well, I did. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to work. Please don't. <laughs> yeah. I said, so we, we all kind of brainstormed what, uh, what, what, how the ad could be better. 
And then we all made a commitment. We would leave the room. We would go find some millennials, people in the age group that we were actually trying to target. And we would show them the ad and ask them, does this speak to you, right? Would you uh -huh. or your friends be interested in this? And if not, what does it need to, what does it need to say? What does it need yeah. to highlight? Yeah. Uh, you know, so the, you know, same with like you were talking about customers, right? We can sit around all day and think about what do customers want in a different age group, but nothing beats just going and asking them. And yeah. Say, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, so what is it about this place that frustrates you? What is it that you'd like to see? What amenities and, and things like that right. would be attractive to you? And, and the same with, with the employees, you know, we come up, you know, the, 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 the old guy managers sit in the room, they come up with the idea for the bonus program. And, mm -hmm. and the, you know, this is how we're going to motivate people with money and mm -hmm. gifts and trinkets and things like that. It's like, are, are the people that you're trying to motivate, is that motivational to them? Are you leading a room full of you? Right. And the answer is no. You know, it's not a room full of me. It's actually not even a room full of me. It's not even a room full of me that's the same age. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So, well, it, yeah, just having the courage to ask, you know, it was interesting because yeah. even we had a few in the store, uh, in that particular store, but all of them had kids in that, in the age group that we were trying to attract. Mm -hmm. And so it was take the assignment home, uh, you know, or text yeah. it to them and say, hey. Right. Would you respond to this ad? And then let's figure out what would what what could we highlight that would make you respond? Uh, so I was at a car dealership this week where the sales manager is literally doing that. He he has gone to all of his uh, staff, uh, some of whom are very young, and has asked them, you know, what would we need to do to onboard a new hire? You know, what are the things they need to know? to be, you know, oriented into our company and work out here on the sales floor. And it was super interesting. I got to see two of the early responses. One came from a, um, I would say, you know, uh, I would assume like a maybe mid to late Gen X uh, manager. And he had super, super helpful uh, just sort of mindsets and behaviors to do when you're on the sales floor. These are things that will help you uh, get people to, uh, you know, let you uh, sell them a car. And, um, and then one of his uh, newer employees, a uh, young, young guy, millennial, uh, turned in a list of the five reasons why he worked there. That was what he turned in. He didn't turn in like tips. He turned in the whys. And, and they, and I, when I say the wise, I don't mean like this was dashed off quickly. I mean, it was five bullet points, each with, you know, multiple bullet points underneath of, you know, here are the five top reasons that this is the place you want to stick it out. And it was things about, um, you know, the fairness of the organization and the opportunity that they, that they gave you. And, but fairness was number one. That was the really interesting part, you know, that, that we're going to, we're going to make sure that this is a place of integrity. So, um, it just shows you the perspective, right? Both of them, incredibly, incredibly valuable. One was about the, you know, why should I care? The other was was about what do I need to know? Fascinating to see that the young people were the ones submitting the why. And we know that that's, that's, that's a motivational juice to, uh, to action, right? You know, that, that, um, that emotional buy-in, if you will, um, gives them a chance to say, yeah, I'm going to take action now. Let me go learn. Let me go know more about this place and get better at my job. 
Um, you, you had a story. I don't know if probably, I don't know if we're ready for the wrap up story, but you have a great story to illustrate that point. Yeah, we were, you know, we were at a store and they were very excited because they had, uh, they had a, a young person in, in this case, a Gen Z still in high school had interned with them through high school and wanted to become uh, a mechanic, uh, you know, start with them and, and become a, a mechanic apprentice, a technician apprentice when they graduated from high school. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is, this is a, this is a unicorn with butterfly wings. This is, this is a, <laughs> this is a rare and beautiful thing. And so, and so uh, it was actually the, 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 the apprentice's idea. Uh, they came to the store and said, Hey, listen, there's a day coming up. There's a Friday coming up at, at school at our high school. And on that day, all the seniors will wear the shirt with the college that they're going to, uh, that they've committed to, that they're going to uh, next, next, you know, next year. Uh, and the, the, the young apprentice said, can I get a dealership shirt? That's just stunning. Yeah. Can I, this is a teenage I, kid. Yeah. This, I've, I've committed to yeah. you guys. Darn right. And I want to show that commitment and that, you know, the store was just, yeah, well, we'll, we don't have one that suits that purposes, but we're having one made just for this. This is such a great idea. And so we were sitting around talking and like talking with the, the, the general manager, the service manager. So, all right, how do we plus this up? You know, and some of the ideas they came up with, uh, uh, one of them was a graduation present, right? A graduation present Mm -hmm. that that spoke to long-term commitment. So, I think they're looking at a, a really nice torque wrench. And for those awesome. of you who don't know a torque wrench, it's an expensive piece, not something you would typically buy as you first started out, but it could last you for the next 50 years. Mm-hmm. Right? Incredibly well made piece of machinery. And one of the other ideas they came up with was a, uh, a signing, a commitment signing ceremony. Genius. Uh, where you know all these other you know the, the the baseball kid the basketball kid they you know they have you know I've committed to Western Kentucky, right? And they gather around. There's a table. They put the school banner behind it. And they, the kid puts on his you know Western Kentucky hat and he's I'm going to play baseball for the school and, mm-hmm. and and it's like why shouldn't we have a signing ceremony for somebody who's committed to the trades and, and committed to 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 do this work? Darn right. And so, yeah, there's, there's, you know, it's one of those things where you say, well, I can't think of a single reason why you wouldn't do this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's yeah. that good of an idea, a set of ideas. It's just perfect. And, uh, and, you know, just, it's so neat that she's the one who thought of it. <laughs> it just shows, you know, that all that, that whole ball started rolling because of her. Um, but that's, uh, it's, it's just powerful. And, and, I guess anybody listening who does think this is, you know, a, a unicorn with rainbow wings, this whole conversation, if it, if it just seems out of the norm, I, I would just challenge you. And Dolores brought this up to me. You know, we all started out somewhere, you know, um, somebody helped you. I have so many general managers who started out as, you know, a, a lot tech or in detail or, you know, as a, you know, a, a, you know, an oil change guy somebody helped you get to where you were what were the things they did or as you pointed out in a previous episode what do you wish they had done mm-hmm. what do you wish you had gotten from your manager so um man i i think we uh we have a real opportunity uh to uh engage our millennial customers and our millennial employees so 
hopefully this has given you some thought starters for things you want to take back to your management team and uh, beat around on uh, on how we can do it better. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think to me, the, the underlying theme was uh, just go talk to them. Talk to them, <laughs> for goodness sake. Yeah. Ask them some questions. They got ideas. And yeah. the simple act of asking uh, yeah. provides them with recognition and validation uh, that they're not just there, like as we talk about as a pair of hands, uh, but they're there for their heart. You want them for their heart and their, and, and their ideas as well. You know that there is a classical connection here because this is what Socrates did, right? Is he asked questions and his student Plato, uh, I think we've mentioned this before that he, you know, he wrote a letter where we're, we're told he wrote this letter and um, in it, he says, you know, I hear people are going around, you know, uh, selling books about my ideas. I'm not worried about it because my ideas can't be taught from a book. It's a conversation. And it's when that in that conversation, a flame leaps from one soul to another and catches fire. And wouldn't we like to do that, right? Wouldn't we like to do that with our customers as much as our employees? Go have a conversation and start some fires. Yep. Yep. It's time. There we go. All right. I stop now. All right. Well, let's, uh, as we wrap this up, let's hear from a definitely non-millennial <laughs> seasoned announcer, uh, mature veteran, uh, Mr. John Wolf. Uh, take it away, Mr. Wolf. And that's a wrap. It doesn't take a genius. The blog dedicated to reducing the irreducible. Next time, prime numbers. What makes them so special? Join us then, and thanks for listening. That's good enough.